Welcome to Screenwriter Survival Guide, the podcast about becoming a Hollywood screenwriter from somebody who's on that journey with you. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome to the guide a legendary writer, actor, producer, and director whose writing credits include shows like Glee, Mad TV, and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He's also one of the credited writers on Will Smith's first feature film and has himself appeared in more than 80 films and TV shows like Bridesmaids, Super 8, Waiting for Guffman, Veep, and Black Monday. As if all that weren't enough, he also tours the world performing improv for U.S. troops abroad in as far-flung locales as Iraq. But to me, he will always be Ira Gilligan from Arrested Development. I'm talking, of course, about the one and only Michael Hitchcock. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. That's great. <laughs> you, are the, you are the biggest guest I've had so far, so I'm a little nervous here. <laughs> I'm um, surprised that Ira Gilligan is the one you go to, but that's all right. Nothing wrong that's, with that. <laughs> that's the first one. So I know you've done so much and that's like definitely a smaller part compared to what you've done in other places. But that show has just meant so much to me that when I first like I, I first asked you out for coffee like a few years ago um, to ask for some advice. And that was the first thing I was like, oh, my God, it's, it's Ira Gilligan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that one still rings true to me. <laughs> That was a lot um, of fun to do, yeah. Yeah. So I always start off with what brought you to the business. You grew up in rural Ohio making marionette shows with your Sunday school group. So how do you go from that to a thriving writing and acting career? A lot of marionette shows. <laughs> um, I, it's honestly, Sam, I think with everything, it's so many small steps along the way. And who knows what, you know, keeps happening. In uh just a, a nutshell, my parents, we, I grew up up until about sixth grade in uh, Defiance, Ohio. And we, my dad was an engineer. He worked for General Motors. And then he got a new job in Chicago. So we moved to the Chicago suburbs. Mm. And that helped start my um, show business career because I uh, started um acting in a, a very good community theater in the suburb I grew up in. And then being so close to Chicago, I was able to go downtown Chicago and see like legendary comedy improv at Second City. Um, so I kind of grew up seeing some of the best comedy improv I could, and then got kind of a nice start in just the theater world with a community theater where mm. literally a lot of, um, retired people or housewives or just volunteers taught us, but they taught us well. Mm -hmm. And uh, it served me, I think my whole life, the, the lessons they taught us on working mm -hmm. hard and, you know, being part of the team and all of that. And from, you know, living in the Chicago suburbs, I ended up going to Northwestern University and I majored in television and film production. And then after that, I went to UCLA and uh, got a, uh, a master's and pretty much the same thing. And that's what started me out in the business. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think it's it's so cool. I, I don't because I work more in drama, so I don't really hear so much about improv. But that seems like it's it's a great. Everyone always talks about that that writers should do improv, and it's something that scares me so much to my end. Which means I probably should do it. But um, it uh, can you speak a little bit more to that to, to improv and sure, absolutely. To um, 
I grew up doing, I mean, I saw Second City do their thing. And then when I came to Los Angeles, uh, uh, kind of the, the biggest group out here at the time, um, at the time, like Upright Citizens Brigade was not part of the Los Angeles scene yet. Um, I, I worked with a, a company called The Groundlings and I took classes there and they had um, excellent uh, improvisation classes and then later writing um, for sketch and just writing in general. And that became a huge part of my life when I wasn't working. I would, you know, do improv classes at night. Um, and I think obviously it helps with comedy, but I think even if you're just doing drama, it's the mm-hmm. same skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're improvising, it's a team sport. You have to listen to what the other person is saying. You have to respond. You need to add information. And that can be done not just with dialogue, but mm-hmm. with uh, stage picture and uh, the character you're portraying, all sorts of things. And uh, a good improv class will teach you that and mm-hmm. drill you like you're learning how to play tennis, where these um, skills on how to improvise uh, as slowly but surely become second nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that helped me tremendously with my writing. I had a teacher one time say, you know, uh, improvisation is sort of like writing with a gun to your head. you just have to do it you don't right there's no writer's block when they say go Uh you have to go um and you have to get like where are you who are you what are you doing you have to get that out very quickly so that you can have a scene um and all those skills were fantastic especially listening and whether people are you know pursuing writing or acting or directing or let's just say they want to uh become uh, behind the scenes, mm-hmm. working, you know, as a producer, or something like that. Improvisation helps on all of those levels because you have to listen to what the other people are saying and respond. And so much of this business is um, a, a team effort. You know, right. certainly with writing, you have you're all day long. If you're doing a television show, you're with a group of at least eight people, and everyone has to listen to what the other person is saying. It's a lot of brainstorming. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah. it's a great skill to have. Gotcha. And it's interesting. It seems like as much as it's definitely, I can see how it's helpful for writing. It feels like it's also probably very helpful to just uh, learning how to cooperate with other people, especially like when you're, uh, if you're going to do work on set, we're going to talk about your brief, uh, your work as a director on an episode of Glee, but it, um, it I'm sure it, it, it must help with kind of that, uh, the immediacy of being in the moment and having to really coordinate with other people uh, in a time when you're in a very tight time crunch in the case of improv in like moments and you have moments to come up with the next line. Well, and honestly, it just, yes, absolutely. All of that is true. And, but I think the biggest thing you learn from improv is um, listening and reacting mm. so that so much, I think a lot of times at the beginning was certainly with show business, but in almost any job, it's like, I want to do my, I want to do what I want to do. And I'm not listening to anyone else because I have an idea and it's really important and I want everyone to hear it. Hmm. And then uh, what improv does is slow that down. It's like, okay, maybe we'll be doing your, your idea right now, or, or we're also going to be doing the other person's and you have to respond and grow with that as well. And uh, a, a lot of companies, whether they're entertainment or not, they bring in improv people to help them, mm-hmm. you know, brainstorm and things mm. like that so that so that uh employees learn how to listen to each other mm. it's a great skill to have yeah it seems like it's almost like a writer's room uh but a, a an immediate writer's room 
Um, it's yeah, it's fantastic. And it's also, I think for writers, uh, one of the things I've done in the past is I brought in a few people I know. And if I, if I'm, especially if I'm stuck in a scene, I can sit there with friends and we can improvise what the characters might be saying to each other. And that's great too. Mm -hmm. Um, And that happens all the time in the writer's room where somebody just kind of spontaneously takes up one character and then somebody else starts talking in another character's Mm -hmm. voice and you go back and forth. And that's sort of how something Mm -hmm. uh, begins to take shape. Mm -hmm. So it it can be done in a writer's room. It can be done in your living room um, when you're just thinking of things. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. It's a great, it's a great, great tool. Mm -hmm. So this kind of folds into my next question, which is uh, you're the definition of a multi-hyphenate. You're an actor, a writer, producer, and you even directed uh, Glee. Um, So how do you think your writing informs your acting and vice versa? Um, Well, I think it really, really helps me keep my ego in check, depending on what Mm. job I'm having and to also appreciate all the other trades that are happening at the same time. Mm. Uh, Getting to work in front of the camera and behind the camera are, you know, it's two different skill sets, but it's essential that all of them are happening and all of them are equally important. Mm. Um, And that's just not writing and acting. It's also the people that build the sets and the people that are designing the costumes and lighting and rigging and all of it. It's all important. And one of the best things about living in Los Angeles is being around tradespeople that are so good at what they do. And I think working behind the camera really helped me appreciate that very, mm-hmm. very much. Yeah. Um, and with acting, you know, you'll be going, oh, I'm tired or, you know, I, they, they called me in early and they haven't used me yet. And you go like, why are you complaining? You're in a trailer. You can read, you can sleep, you can have a sandwich. Um, there's, you know, there's yeah. people that have been here hours before you yeah. arrived. It will be hours after you've left and none of them have a trailer. So right. just, you know, <laughs> stop your yapping and, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with writing too. Like it's, it's great to take something, literally nothing and mm-hmm. make something of, mm-hmm. you know, a blank page, mm-hmm. a blank screen. Um, and it's scary, but it's fun. Yeah. yeah. And so how do you think, do you think that the way, so like the way you write, do you think that has changed as you've acted more? Um, do you think you've, as you've, I mean, obviously you, your career as your acting and writing career started in kind of almost on parallel paths, it seems, but do you think as you've, you've learned more of one skill that it's changed the way you do the other, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think they, I think they feed off each other for sure. I think even if I didn't act the way, I, the way I approach writing is always changing. It's changing mm-hmm. with the people I've met over the years with the way I've seen them work and you pick up, you know, better skills along the way, depending on who you're with. And I've been with some amazing teachers, uh, mm-hmm. uh, crazy ex-girlfriend, the, the room was run it was co-created by Aline Brush McKenna and Rachel Bloom and Aline Brush McKenna uh you know she wrote The Devil Wears Prada Mm -hmm. you're going to learn a lot from the people that are the best Mm -hmm. at what they do uh Ryan Murphy who ran Glee you know is just this prolific writer creator with a thousand ideas in his head at any one time and just to see how his mind worked was an education every day Mm -hmm. so yes it's um it can only help. And then as far as acting at the same time, I think what helps with that is hearing how, or seeing, witnessing how actors um, go about 
getting into character and, and all the research that an actor will do behind the scenes to bring that character alive. And it's many, many skills that writers are also doing at the same mm-hmm. time. Like what's the backstory of these people? How do they sound? How do they act? What happened in the scene right before we saw them? What's gonna happen after the scene? Um, actors are figuring that out on their own if it's not on the page and writers should be doing exactly the same thing. Right. So if nothing else, it helps you work harder. It helps you have different points of view. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I thought it was the, the I, I'm always fascinated with the concept of, of learning, you know, of, of learning and um, learning from kind of learning by doing. I think that's a very effective way of learning. Do you have any skills for that? You were talking about uh, kind of learning from Aline and from uh, Ryan. And do you have any kind of how do if you're a new writer in a writer's room obviously you weren't a new writer in any of these rooms but let's say you're a staff writer in one of these rooms do you have any concrete tips for how you can uh best learn from the smarter people in the room or um a lot of times is shut up and listen right (laughs) um you know uh i think at the beginning we're all trying to prove ourselves and sometimes Mm -hmm. you just need to sit back and go oh i want to hear what other people have to say and a lot of the trick of being in a writer's room is, you know, don't be the crazy one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of it. It's like, can you get along with a group of people day in, day out mm-hmm. and respect them? Uh, a good writer's room has a, 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 a diverse group of mm-hmm. people in it so that everybody has a different point of view. Everybody's bringing something to the party. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's, I think, what most showrunners are trying to do these mm-hmm. days and the successful ones are doing these days. Gotcha. So, yeah. But let's say you're not anywhere near a writer's room yet. Mm-hmm. You're just starting out. What can you do? Um, I've had advice, some really good advice over the years. And um, one of the first things uh, that somebody said, if, you, if you're stuck, and we all get stuck, A, don't panic, because it happens to everybody. But B, maybe go to a coffee house or someplace public and get a cup of coffee and listen to conversations Mm. around you. So be a fly on the wall in places and hear what people are talking about. And you can best believe they have a point of view about whatever Mm. they're talking about. Even if it's buying sheets at Bed Bath & Beyond, they have a point of view about what they purchased, the coupons they got, you know, the bargain they got, the inventory, anything. And you, you want those specific points of view. I had another teacher one time say, when in doubt, if you don't have any ideas, go buy a National Enquirer and read it. Because <laughs> um, it's just full of strange right. stories. And something will spark your interest. I had another teacher say, and I think it's invaluable, um, you know, be informed. Like, watch the news. Know what's going on in the right. world. Get your news from more than one source. Um, at that time, this was uh, before the internet. I'm going way back. Uh, <laughs> that you would she there was this book called the the uh, Dictionary of Cultural Literacy. And she said, "Go buy it, put it next to your toilet, and read on the toilet, like something new about the world all the time." And obviously, we can do that on our phones now. And it's a great thing. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. even have to be news. It can just be Wikipedia. It doesn't matter. But learn something new. Mm-hmm. Always, you know, keep doing that. Another teacher said, um, which is very important, I think, in LA, um, go volunteer. Mm-hmm. Go do something that has absolutely nothing to do with mm-hmm. the industry. 
give back um, because at the end of the day, that's what's important. And mm-hmm. it'll take your mind off of, oh my God, I don't have a career or I don't <laughs> want to be or, you know, so-and-so got a job and I didn't. It's like, okay, but I'm helping someone learn to read right. or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, it just puts everything into perspective and you're learning about life. Mm. So um, those are all little things to do. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. That's something I'm working on right now is kind of trying to untie. I think I kind of over the, as I've kind of really made a push to, to become a working writer, I've kind of really tied my uh, value and my identity up with that success and up with, uh, with, you know, getting into a writer's room and and being successful. And, um, I think it's something that's very interesting. The idea of just like going and volunteering or doing something totally separate from that, because I realized that's just, it's not healthy because if you're always worried about where you want to be and not where you are right now, it's, it's, you're always in this kind of panicky mode of I'm not worthy enough. I'm not good enough. And it's, it's just not a place you can live. I agree. And I also think with writing, you know, everybody always says, write what you know, write what mm-hmm. you know. And I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a believer in that. I think, mm-hmm. um, s- at least at the beginning, sometimes we're trying to guess what, what do they want? Mm-hmm. What, what do they want? You know, what's, you know, what's popular, what isn't popular and trying to guess. And then we end up not writing anything because mm-hmm. we're so panicked about <laughs> what's selling or what isn't right. selling. Who knows what's selling? I mean, you know, Squid Games, which is now the most popular show ever. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they couldn't sell forever and ever yeah. and ever and ever. And you know, it, it happens all the time. Every every huge movie um, mm-hmm. went through several years. It seems mm-hmm. like of failure. Not all of them, obviously. Right. But, you know, just almost right down the line. Yeah. Uh, so you never know what the market's going to be. Yeah. So write what you like. You know, mm-hmm. what are you good at? Um, if I had maybe one piece of advice for beginning writers with, in that regard, it would be maybe pick a genre that you really like and Mm -hmm. stick with it for a while Mm -hmm. so that when someone finally does read your material and they go like, Oh, we liked it. What else do you have? Mm -hmm. And they liked your, whatever, let's say your sci-fi thing. You go, well, I've got a wacky comedy. I want you to read. Well, you just sold, they liked your sci-fi. So maybe if that's what you like, do that. You don't, you don't need every genre. Maybe Mm -hmm. pick a genre. And then later, once you're successful, if you want to switch, Mm -hmm. maybe switch. I have not followed that advice. I have done (laughs) drama. I've done comedy. And I think if I was going to, I wish I would have taken that advice years ago, I think, at at least at the beginning, Mm -hmm. because you have to kind of market yourself and, Mm -hmm. you know, why not make it easier on people at the beginning? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, people, you have to be. So if you could choose to do only one of the things you're really good at, like write or act uh, for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Could you choose? (laughs) Um, That's a good question. Probably writing. Mm. Writing is, um, I I really do enjoy it a lot Mm. uh, when it's, when I'm clicking, you know, there's days I I'm completely stuck and it's the last mm-hmm. thing I want to do. Um, and I <laughs> no, love what acting. you're talking about. I've never been there. Yeah. <laughs> and then acting is, is really, really fun mm-hmm. and challenging when you have the job, not so much fun and challenging when you're mm. chasing the job. Um, you know, that part of it, I am not a huge fan. Of. <laughs> um, although with writing, it's the same thing. I mean, I've written several things that haven't sold. Right. And you, you know, they take forever and then you get them done. And then it's like, oh, okay. 
Yeah. Well, I guess this one isn't going to be happening anytime <laughs> soon. Let's move on to something else while we're waiting. The good news with writing samples is, by the way, if it isn't sold or no one's too excited about it, it still exists. Mm -hmm. And you can pull it out in five years and brush it off and, mm -hmm. you know, update it a bit and try again. Mm -hmm. Because the industry is always changing. Right. Executives are always coming and going. And, you know, today's dud might be tomorrow's gold. You never know. Mm -hmm. Right. And then sometimes they're, you know, that's sort of like, okay, well, I tried it. Yeah. And I'm done. And now let's move on. Yeah. You know? Do you, when you, because I know, I trust me, I know that like when you finish a, a sample and you don't have, or you finish a, a spec and you have no idea if anything's going to happen with it, it can often feel a little bit like, oh, wow, that was, I was working for a lot of nothing. Do you have any way of like marking those occasions of like finding a way to celebrate or do something uh, to really mark those occasions? Um, the, the short answer is yes. And I, celebrate by getting a scene done mm -hmm. like if i get a scene done i go <laughs> take a you know a celebratory celebratory walk around the block or okay. i'll go get a coffee or i'll take a bath mm -hmm. i mean i you know so i do it every day when i get uh -huh. part of it done um and yeah and then when something's done you know maybe get some friends together go out mm -hmm. to eat or or whatever i mean gotcha. um it's such a long process because mm -hmm. once you finish something that doesn't guarantee you know you think like oh my gosh i'm done and everyone's going to want to read this this mm -hmm. weekend well no they're probably going to read it in three months from yep. now, and that's maybe the agent's assistant or something. <laughs> so you it just takes forever yeah. and that's why i think it's important to like okay this thing is now out there and people are reading it or they're not reading it let's start on something else mm -hmm. as opposed to waiting by the phone right Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Screenwriter Survival Guide. If you're enjoying the show so far, I would really appreciate it if you would swing over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rate and review. It would be super nice of you. But if that's not enough of a reason, we are launching a very special giveaway to anybody who rates and reviews the podcast. It's a free subscription to the screenwriting software Fade In or a Screenwriter Survival Guide t-shirt, your choice. We are on a roll trying to grow this community and rating and reviewing is the best way to make that happen. To enter, just go leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts and then email a screenshot of your review to sam at screenwritersurvivalguide.com. It really is as easy as that. We will announce the winner on the next episode, but for now, let's get back to the show. Kind of going a little bit, uh, kind of a little bit left from that. Um, what does your writing routine look like? We know what your celebration routine look like. What does your your actual routine when writing look like? And has it changed as you've? It, it's it changes. Uh, it changes all the time. Mm. Um, right now, what I try to do because of social media, I literally turn off my phone. Um, I, I'm, I work on a laptop, so I try mm -hmm. not to, you know, cheat and go, you know, to the internet if I can help it, right. but definitely turn the phone off. A lot of times I'll even, if I'm, if, I, if, I, if I'm struggling, I will go, okay, I'm going to write for an hour, no matter what. And I'll set a timer. And when that hour is up, then I'll take a break, but I will keep going for a lot of amount of time mm. and then take a break. 
Um, and then once I'm in the thick of it, you know, the day, the day flies by if mm-hmm. you're, if you're really in the zone. Um, but yes, I think the less distractions, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, de- and like I said, it depends where I am. If I'm really, really stuck, I still try to go like, okay, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to do something and mm-hmm. I'm going to allot this amount of time for it. And I'm going to do it. Hmm. And then after that time is up, it's like, okay, well, that's good enough for today. Gotcha. If that's all I can do, you hmm. know what I mean? Um, but you do have to treat it like a job if that's what you want mm-hmm. it to be. So most of us at the beginning have a different job, a, a job mm-hmm. to make money, which means weekends and um, night times or whatever, your mm-hmm. time off, you have to write and you can't mm-hmm. go to the beach and you can't go take a trip to wherever. And um, mm-hmm. so, you know, try to treat mm-hmm. it like, you know, a, a, another job, a part-time yeah. job. Yeah. Even though you're not getting paid. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, that's great. So let's zoom out on your career a little bit to look at as a whole. Now, you've managed to build quite a robust portfolio, both in writing and in acting. So for any future multi-hyphenates out there uh, listening to this, uh, who know they want to act and direct or act and write, how do you recommend they split up their time when they're just starting out? Is it better to focus on one aspect or another, or is it better to kind of pursue both paths in parallel? Uh, I think you can pursue both paths. I think at some point uh, there's a practical, whatever, if I've got mm-hmm. a job writing, uh, my bosses don't love it. If I go, oh, I'm going to take five weeks off and go to the movie, <laughs> that's not right. usually going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I have to, choose that I'm going to do the acting when I'm not doing the writing Mm -hmm. and then get permission to maybe do some acting here and there during the actual job. Um, But if you're starting out, uh, try to find places where you can do both. Like you can write something and star in it and get your friends to help film it and put it on YouTube Mm -hmm. Um, and keep doing that. Uh, Go for me, like taking classes at the Groundlands was a huge you know, just, I, I loved it mm-hmm. because we would, at the beginning, it was all improvisation, but later on, we'd be writing material mm-hmm. for myself and for other people. Gotcha. We would put it up on its feet. Uh, after a while, you know, I became a member of the main company and um, then you have a paying audience who gets mm-hmm. to see it. But before all, any of that happened, you know, we had groups of six of us who performed upstairs at a spaghetti house. I mean, mm. and we there were more of us than audience members. <laughs> but all of that pays off. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's, you know, putting in your dues. And mm-hmm. these days, you can go shoot a movie on your iPhone. You know what I mean? Right. As long as you have good sound, everybody always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the picture's going to look great. Yeah. Um, and do it. And yeah. keep doing it. Hmm. You know? Um, that's, that's the beauty of all of this. Like, yeah. That's great. Now, so you mentioned like you you obviously can't. It makes a lot of sense if you're on staff, you can't uh, you can't stop and shoot a movie in the middle of your time there. So, do you like at the beginning of a year, at the beginning of like a given year, are you like okay, this is going to be a year I'm going to focus mostly on acting or mostly on directing, or are you just kind of doing everything and then whichever one goes first, then you pull the brake so you you ease back on the gas on the other one during that time? I, I've done both. Okay, I've done both where. Uh, for example, I made a really great um, choice of deciding in the year 2020 to concentrate on acting. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had the it's one for the ages. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was not the best plan in the world. Um, 
but it happened and that's how it goes. So, you know, right. you yeah. your savings. Um, but yes, I've had years where it's like, yeah, let's do, or, you know, whatever, if a show gets picked mm-hmm. up, you're going to continue writing because right. you, you're under contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So gotcha. I, it, it kind of depends where mm-hmm. I'm at, but yes, I do have yeah. times where it's like, I really like to write right now, or I really like to act. The good thing about acting is there's so much downtime that you can write mm-hmm. during the downtime. Right. You know what right, I mean? Right. And yeah. I've known working actors who wrote in their trailers in between, you know, setups, mm-hmm. they'd write a screenplay and mm. sell it, you know? So yeah. um, there's always time mm. to write with the other job at some point. Mm-hmm. You know? So gotcha. So I think a lot of creatives struggle with overwork since our work is our passion. Um, now you're always working. You've always got new projects in development. You're always working on multiple things. So how do you find time for yourself in the midst of all the hustle? Well, I'm not always working, so um, I can find time. <laughs> Seems like it from the outside. <laughs> like, like the year 2020. That's um, but I think it's important to find you know time for yourself because you need mental health time. Um, most people I know are in therapy, um, <laughs> which is an hour a week. Um, if you can afford it, or if you've got insurance or you can go somewhere where they do it, that's, I think, especially in, in big cities where there's a lot going on and there's, you know, this, this industry, so much of it is rejection or, mm-hmm. you know, just not even rejection. A lot of times it's like, you can't even get anyone to look at it period yeah. at the beginning. So you need, you need healthy outlets so mm-hmm. that, you know, you have um, somewhat of a, a mental health um, mm-hmm. regimen, whatever gotcha. it is. And that could uh, tie back into like what you were saying with volunteering earlier. Absolutely. Doing outside of your passion. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and helping other people on projects too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, a lot, I, it's so funny because people go like, what do you do to relax? Well, and this is pre-pandemic, a lot of it. I mean, I went to the movies all the time, mm-hmm. you know? So you'd kind of like <laughs> go watch yeah. product or whatever. Uh, no, but other people play sports or they golf yeah. or they, you know, whatever. I love going to comedy shows. I love, you know, love going to movies, love going to comedy mm-hmm. shows. I like, um, weirdly, I like to um, learn how to box, even mm-hmm. though I'm terrible at it. <laughs> um, just good. any weird thing like that. Um you know, taking a hike, yeah, anything, um, taking your dog for a walk. Um, yeah, I mean, it's whatever, you know, I, I whatever you like to do, like, right, get, get, get busy with, with, yeah. um, being an activist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, and you're going to meet people of like mind mm-hmm. and those are going to be, I don't know, your long time friends, mm-hmm. you know, in this yeah. business, I think, the best friends are the ones and you're not going to have a, no one has 5,000 friends, but you're <laughs> going to have a, a handful of friends that they don't care if you're working or you're not working because mm-hmm. we're all going to have times when we're working and, mm. you know, everyone has a lot of quote unquote friends during those periods. Right. It's who sticks around when you're not mm-hmm. or doesn't, doesn't care. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. Cause that's more important really. Yeah. I think it's so interesting. You mentioned like going to the movies and stuff. One thing I found, I don't know if you found this is like, cause that's also my like outlet is going to the movies, watching kind of like old shows that I love and, and that just make me feel warm and fuzzy inside. And I, I've had to kind of learn how to, how to 
watch certain things without like putting my writer brain on without turn because right. that is just going to keep frying the same burnt out right. circuits so I've, i i don't know if is that something you've worked struggled with or is that something oh, that's sure. just been easy with absolutely you? and yeah. so in fact sometimes it's the last thing i want to honestly if i go see a movie i don't i i work mostly in comedy but when i mm-hmm. the movies i gravitate towards are dramas hmm. and i think that might be part of it because yeah. it's like i don't have to think about comedy nonstop mm-hmm. all the time so maybe my advice to somebody like that is if it's if your genre is whatever maybe to relax don't mm-hmm. go see that you know right right so you can go you can go study your genre all the yeah. time it's good to go study it mm-hmm. i think um but yeah to relax mm-hmm. maybe pick another genre yeah <laughs> no, I've, definitely... I've, I've definitely had that you yeah. but that's part of the fun too with writing is trying to guess where does act mm-hmm. one end where does yeah. act two end uh, yeah. you know what's the high point of this thing or the low point or you know all of that it's yeah it is fun to guess yeah I was dating I was dating someone earlier in the year and he kept noticing I would like when we'd go to see movies I would like look down at my watch all the time he was like why are you doing that and it was because like I was just looking I was like checking see okay what 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 do I think this is is this oh this is a midpoint yep this is a midpoint and I would keep like guessing and he's like that's the nerdiest thing ever. That's the, stop doing that. <laughs> well, but that, yeah, yeah. But it's, it, it's, it's become part of what we do. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think it's time for you to find a new boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's over. So yes, okay. it's worked. Um, yeah. So you directed one episode of Glee back in yes. 2015. Uh-huh. Um, what was that experience like? And would you ever consider returning to the chair down the line? Yes. I would definitely consider returning to the chair. Um, it was incredibly challenging. I uh, enjoyed it, but but it, weirdly with directing, um, you are using every aspect of your brain at the same time. Because with writing, a lot of times you're using the creative side of your brain. With directing, you're using certainly the creative side, but you're also the practical side because I have never been more aware of time in my life because you have to finish you know, at a certain time, you have to get so much done in a day. Um, and time just flies by. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's many, 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 many challenges throughout the day. The strangest thing about directing, which is true with anyone who's directed is something happens every day that you could that you just never would have guessed. <laughs> and you have to deal with it. Uh-huh. And, um, and keep going, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's honestly where improvisation helped me as well, because there'd be things like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we're running out of time. You've planned X amount of shots. You're not going to get them in this mm-hmm. today. What can you do? We have to fix it right now. You're going to have to lose mm-hmm. shots. You're going to have to combine shots or, you know, make it simpler. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think, you know, improvisation helped mm-hmm. a lot. It's like, okay, yeah. well, we can go in this direction. And it didn't completely throw me. Hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, it's something that I've always been interested. Like, yeah, no, when I get on the show, I'll maybe I'll write and maybe I'll uh, direct an episode. But the the that that whole like on your feet immediacy aspect of it is like, oh, give me, give me, give me the shivers. So maybe I need. To yeah, it's it's classes. definitely <laughs> challenging. The good news is you do have a prep time where uh-huh. you work things out ahead of time and. Uh, directors have, um, they always are assigned an assistant director who, mm-hmm. the, if, you, if you've got a good one, they're really, really helping you out throughout the mm-hmm. time. And, and I did during mm-hmm. that show. So, um, yeah. and I directed season six where at least like the massive musical numbers mm-hmm. by that time had run, you know, they, uh, the crew really knew what they were doing, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, 
weirdly, the musical numbers were the easiest part of it. Because <laughs> <Even laughs> they just all... like knew what they were doing? Yeah, like, they kind of, yeah, they had been done so many times that it's like they have a pattern of uh-huh. like, how do you get the shots that we need mm-hmm. and the amount of time we have? Um, and you also have choreographers, and, yeah. you know, the cast has been rehearsed before you get them. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, uh, it's, that was, that, that was interesting to see. Right. Yeah. So do you, do you think, do you love musicals? Is that your like your go-to genre? Why do you keep um, gravitating towards the, these shows that have big musical elements? I don't know. I think sometimes it's like you get once you do one thing, you get hired right. again. Yeah, that happens with acting too. I mean, I play a lot of annoying people who <laughs> show up and tell tell off somebody, and then we <laughs> but sometimes it's like what you what you do is what you uh-huh. end up doing again. Uh, but I do love musicals. I've always liked mm-hmm. them. Um, I like to study them. Um, there's something that makes me, you know, happy mm-hmm. with 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 mm-hmm. music in a in a movie. Um, and it doesn't even have to be people singing out loud. Like mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you've ever seen the the movie American Graffiti, but it's such a fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, movie. great movie. And uh, George Lucas mm-hmm. described it as a musical, even though no huh. one sings, because the soundtrack was so important in that huh. movie. Where it was all about the era of mm. the nineteen, the early nineteen sixties, late nineteen fifties, kind of bleeding into the the music too, mm. and uh, that world and the music really did define that mm. movie. So uh, yeah. you can see that's it. interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 yeah. But back in the old MGM musical days, there's something that makes me laugh about you know, <laughs> hey kids, let's put on a show and we've got this barn. And then the next thing you know, it's this elaborate (laughs) musical that like, there's no way it could have taken place in a barn. Yeah. That um, happened all the time on Glee where the kids, you know, this high school group just happened to have all the music and costumes and lighting, which in reality took two weeks to film. Uh Somehow they did it in an afternoon. Yeah. Um, And it always did make me giggle, like the the absurdity of it. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I watched really cool to watch. Yeah, I watched a little bit of the High School Musical series that they released. It's kind of like I think it's basically like doing Glee, and uh, it's it's, yeah, yeah, it's perfect. um, All of them. It's yeah, um, it's it's very similar. It's like yeah, that's it's really great production value for these uh, sixteen-year-olds. Yes, exactly. And most of the sixteen-year-olds aren't even really (laughs) right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) These thirty-year-olds too. Yeah, right. But um, it's it's been that way since the dawn of time, and I just watched. (laughs) Weirdly, I just watched on uh, Turner Classic Movies 42nd Street, which was, I think, mm-hmm. done in 1934 or 36. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact year. But that was one of the first like backstage musicals ever done. And mm-hmm. it was up for all these awards. And it should have been. It was really mm-hmm. good. And weirdly, it's really funny. Yeah. So it's... Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Because <laughs> it, was, it was done by Warner Brothers. So it has like... It was Busby Berkeley and all this, you know, mm-hmm. fancy, you know, uh, camera work for the music part. Mm-hmm. Because it's Warner Brothers, it also had this kind of underworld, like gangster quality, um, with you know, literally characters who were probably gangsters, but had, you know, somehow gotten also into like this the Broadway world. <laughs> it, it was great. It was really yeah. good. I highly recommend nice. it. Very nice. Forty Second Street. All right, I'll yeah. check it out. <laughs> really good. All right. Before I ask my last question, where can people find you online? And I always like to throw this little curveball in as well. What's way one way to guarantee or uh, give give them a better chance of getting a response? And what's one way to guarantee you delete the message or don't respond? Oh, 
Uh, well, you can find me on probably the easiest way these days is Instagram, which is um, my handle is Hitch Michael, H I T C H M I C H A E L. That's the one I, I mean, I'm kind of on, I'm on Twitter and all of mm-hmm. them, but uh, that's when I kind of gravitate mm-hmm. to most just because Twitter these days just seems everybody's yelling at each other. <laughs> so I don't really, not really on it that much anymore. Yeah. Um, as far as I don't always, if somebody's DMing me or something like that, um, I don't always read all of them, but, um, the way not to have me read it is if you, you know, threatening to kill me or something. <laughs> Yikes. That's not a good solution. <laughs> That's, please don't have that. Um, or like, please read my script. Cause I just mm-hmm. don't have time to do that. And right. legally mm-hmm. I, I can't because yeah. of, um, getting sued or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. Complimenting me always helps. Yeah. <laughs> but then that works for just about everybody. Yeah, that's true. People are very easy to, uh, <laughs> yeah, to they'll, all, they'll do what you want if you compliment them. Yeah, exactly. We all like that. <laughs> we all like to be you know, flattered at some point. Yes, um, but yeah, or no, something, you know, I don't know, bringing up something like Ira Gilligan or something that's if, if something caught your fancy over the years, that's okay. kind of fun to talk about. All right. So, all right, my final question, and I always call this my screenwriter survival tip. Uh, what's the number one thing you'd tell a young screenwriter or actor listening to this to do in order to not only survive but thrive in this industry? Um, a, don't take yourself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Always educate yourself. Okay. Always. Like mm-hmm. education doesn't stop at high school or college. Mm-hmm. The people I know that are um, successful are to this day taking classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the good news about New York or LA or Chicago, any of the major cities is there are fantastic teachers Mm. out there and you can find them. Um, but the biggest thing is embrace who you are, warts and all, Mm. what makes you special, unique, and different. Mm. And a lot of times it's, you know, the things that most embarrass us, those will be the things that are the most interesting about you Mm. and will probably get you work. Gotcha. Most of, yeah, I heard a quote. I think it was um, Tarantino who said, "You should be embarrassed to send out your specs because they're so personal, and they have the they they should be. If you're t- telling a good spec, they are the ones that are going to make you embarrassed because it's telling some really deep part of yourself that you don't necessarily want other people to see." Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this very special episode of Screenwriter Survival Guide. If we're delivering any insight or value to you, please drop us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us so you can get every new chapter as it airs. We've got some really exciting things in the works, and I'd hate for you to miss any of it. In the meantime, you can find the show online at screenwritersurvivalguide.com. And you can find me on Instagram at Sam Brooks Presents. Michael, one more time, thank you for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And until next time, don't just survive, thrive. Hey guys, it's Sam again, checking in quickly to remind you to go give the podcast a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Once you do, just email a screenshot of your review to sam at screenwritersurvivalguide.com and you'll be entered to win a free lifetime subscription to the screenwriting software Fade In, 
or if you're already using a different software, you can choose to get a one-of-a-kind Screenwriter Survival Guide t-shirt instead. Plus, we'll be reading reviews on the air in the coming episodes, so go leave a rate and review before you forget. And until next time, don't just survive, thrive.